Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 342, and welcome back to my front porch. It is literally a hundred degrees out right now. I'm like a sweaty mess, but I'll have to be honest, like it is nice sitting out here on the front porch. Now, so, so my new setup, and I don't know if I talked about it in the last episode or not, because it's so hot out here, I really can't sit on the front porch, but we have this really cool like corner window in our house. We sit on a, actually on a corner, on a corner lap. And so <laughs> I turn our chairs, we have these chairs uh, in the living room, and I just turn them around and kind of face the street, which is honestly right next to the front porch. I can see the front porch from the window. And so it's kind of like uh, being on the front porch. I mean, the neighbors still wave at me as they walk by in the morning, uh, but it's not the same. But at least I have some air conditioning. I'm not sweating. I mean, in the mornings, it's like almost 90 degrees, 85, 85, 90 degrees. So I'm like, man, I don't want to sweat. So, I mean, I've been out here for, I don't know, four minutes and I'm already sweating. But here's what I tell you, faithful listeners, <laughs> I'm dedicated to continuing this podcast because I think it's important and I'm committed to having it be a front porch confessional podcast. It happens on the front porch. This is where I learn and grow and figure things out. It just didn't feel right to bring it inside. It just did not. So, hey, I hope you're doing good wherever you are, whatever you are going through. Hey, one of the things recently has been really helpful for me. I'm not sure where you are, what you're going through, but here's what's been really helpful for me. And I've been trying to walk a lot of other people through this as well is uh, starting to evaluate why we do what we do, why we act the way we act. And it's just a simple exercise. Say you kind of get angry at somebody who cuts you off. Instead of just blowing that off and just going like, ah, oh, it's because they're stupid drivers. What if you were able to go, I wonder why I do that? Why is it that makes me so mad? Where does that come from? And this is a part of that kind of awakening, that self-discovery. You start to start you start to learn a little bit about why you do what you do, um, what frustrates you. I mean, we're all in a process. I mean, what's interesting to me is so many people are interested in getting to understand and learn other people, which I think is amazing. I love that. But what if we started to turn that energy a bit in on ourselves and started to go, well, there's a part of us, a good part of us that we don't really know yet. We think we know ourselves. You really don't. And a part of the journey of kind of understanding who we are and who God's made us to be is starting to ask those questions. How have the things you've gone through in your life impacted the way you do things today? We are literally a culmination of circumstances that have happened to us. And some of those are really positive, which is awesome. And some of those are really negative. And so as a result of that, we kind of act out on some of those uh, either negative or positive things. But a part of the self-discovery process, the awakening process, is that you just do this simple exercise of going, why do I do what I do? And kind of going, that's really interesting. And in that process, you start to figure out a little bit about who you are. Uh, you ask the Spirit of God, would you help me understand that? Would you help me figure that out? So that's something I've been doing, helping other people through. And I I find it to be really helpful, but it does take some moment where you have to slow down. That's all right, slow down uh, and really kind of go, where am I at? What's really going through? What, uh, what, why am I really doing what I'm doing? So 
Uh, thank you for all of you who continue to listen uh, oh, week over week. Appreciate it. 342 episodes, no joke. So I really appreciate those of you who uh, kind of hung in there and been a part of the journey, some of you from the very beginning. And then there's a bunch of you who give to this podcast. Thank you so much. It helps me to continue to pay the different fees I have to pay um, to keep this thing going. So thank you so much. It, it really does mean a lot to me. All right. Our passage for today is Hosea. 14.3, and it says this, Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses, and we will not say no more, our God, to the work of our hands. In you, the orphan finds mercy. Read again, Hosea 14.3. Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses, and we will say no more, our God, to the work of our hands. In you, the orphan finds mercy. Uh, mercy. You know, when we first uh, adopted Mika, which was a beautiful process and not an easy one, uh, but a beautiful process, um, which by the way, in September, she turns 13. We adopted her when she's four. So that's pretty incredible. So uh, one of the interesting things, you know, for, for her was having come from a system and that was really hard. Um, she had learned ways to survive. And one of those ways is when she would get hurt, you know, I would go over to comfort her. That's all we wanted to do. Um, I'm not sure if I told this story before, but I think it's important. And when we would go over to comfort her, she would push us away. Or she would, like, cross her arms, cross her chest to protect herself. And it took years, I mean, just years, for us to finally build enough trust for her where she was, like, she would finally receive our care, receive our love. And what I find so interesting about that is I resonate with that so much. It's so much like how I do things, how I live into things. And it was just painful to watch her go through what she was going through and doing what she was doing. And as I was thinking about this passage, I realized so much of what's being communicated, not just in this particular passage, but all throughout Hosea is this reality. It's this reality of this disconnection from the mercy of God, the love of God, the care of God. And um, what's happening in this particular passage, the verse one, it starts off with returning to the Lord, which is, I think that it's the, it's the common theme in Hosea, come, let's return to the Lord, let's return to the Lord, let's return to the Lord. And if you ever, I think I did an episode on Hosea 6.1, which is one of my favorite passages for the seasons uh, of life that, that we're in. And, and uh, but so he returned to the Lord. And then there's this kind of idea of repentance, like we need to repent. And then what's really interesting is he moves into renunciation. So there's a repent, it's a, let's return to the Lord. There's a repentance. It's not just with actions. It's actually with words. Like, um, But the second, this next thing is renunciation. It's, it's re- renouncing the things that we've depended our life upon, you know. And so this is this idea of Assyria and horses and this work of our hands. And, you know, it's this renunciation of, of dependency upon ourselves, surviving on our own. And, and I'm just telling you, as I have kind of evaluated my own life and I get the opportunity to spend time with so many people, there is a deep, deep orphan spirit in so many people. Um, and there is this um, uh, there is this union that we have created with these false gods, these false realities, these false securities. And um, we believe 
that they're going to make us better. They're going to help us. When in reality, the truth of it is this, they're not. They're actually stealing from us. They're actually, they're false gods. They don't satisfy us. And so we're like these orphan children running around trying to find help, trying to find satisfaction, trying to find security. And that's why it's so hard. And and as I've started to expose this part of my life, um, it's been incredibly painful, um, but also liberating. You know, typically that's how it is. In fact, in Hosea 6.1, it's like he's wounded us so he can heal us. He's broken us so he can bandage our wounds. Like, it's this idea of we, we've got to break our dependence on the wrong things and start moving towards the right things. And there is this renunciation that needs to happen in our lives where we start to awaken ourselves to the reality of going, these things aren't bringing us life. And all this control is not real. I'm, I'm not really controlling anything. And, and I think for so many people, because of pain they've gone through, because of hurt, because of rejection or whatever, they've got this false sense of identity, this false sense of security, and it's all wrapped up into what we can control and kind of running, again, running away or revolting against things we can't control or doubling down this effort to go, I can figure it out. I can control it. And it's just crushing people. It's, it's moving us away from the heart of the Father, this care that he wants to give us, this love that he offers us, this life that he gives us, and we're moving away from it. We're believing that we're doing a good work when in reality, the very efforts that we're going after are killing us. They're destroying us. And it's like you can almost hear Hosea just through the words of God just going, stop doing that. It's not helping you. It's really really hurting you. You're living like an orphan when you're a son and daughter of the Most High God. This abandonment is, is honestly, you keep living into it when I've rescued you. I care so deeply about you and yet you like push your arm up to me and say, I can figure it out. Or I'll, I'll ask for help when I really feel like I need it. And it's this orphan spirit in us, this resistance, this pride that is evident of real pain and rejection and hurt in our lives. And so, you know, right now, if you're listening to this and this is resonating with you, I just want you to know, like, I'm so sorry. I know there's been pain and hurt in your life that have maybe caused you to just rebel or run away from the love of God, the care of God, because here's how he ends this passage. And I just find it so good is in you, in you, O Lord, the orphan finds mercy. Mercy. And you'd heard me talk a few podcasts back about how this word mercy is really important and actually a part of the, one of the really good translations is pity. In you, the orphan finds pity. We need help. We're hurting. We've been come up against. You know, we've been abandoned Like so many of you have been hurt, you've been rejected, you've been abandoned, and you've been trying to survive, you've been trying to figure it out, you've been trying to get a better job and make more money and find security and all the wrong things. You you married a spouse hoping and believing that they were gonna solve all your problems and make you feel loved and accepted just to to find out. It's not true and it's really difficult And, and it's not that they're bad, it's just that you've got this wound that they could never meet. And it's these orphan hearts running around when mercy is there for us. The mercy of God 
who you can almost hear he just goes in, in other passages all throughout Hosea he goes oh Ephraim it, it, it's him going oh Israel it's like him saying oh Jeff oh Jeff why do you do this why are you acting in this orphan way? Why are you, why are you continue to kind of wrap your arms, kind of like Mika did, like wrap her arms, your arms and go, I can do it. I can figure it out. I can survive. When in reality, it's the very thing that's pushing, pushing you away from the mercy of God. And it's all, I mean, it's breaking God's heart. It's breaking Hosea's heart. And the people of Israel just keep living this way. And I think we do too. I think we just, the mercy of God is extended to us. Like if you look at Jesus and all that he did, he rescued and ransomed us. He laid down his life. He who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. That is our reality. That's the mercy of God extended to humanity, a humanity that is hurt, rejected, confused. And what do we do? We stiff arm that love for some false sense of control that's not real instead of just going you love me and you loved me to the full extent that you laid down your life for me receive his mercy grace isn't something you earn it's something you receive mercy is a gift from God his mercies are new every morning and he continues on to say great is your faithfulness and it's receiving the mercy of God, receiving the faithfulness of God, where you find rest and rest for your souls. It's these, these lives, these burdens, these overwhelming realities in our lives that feel so crushing, he wants to intervene with mercy. But we have to renunciate the things that we continue clinging our lives to in order to, to escape, to run away, to reject this orphan heart, this orphan way of living, so that we can truly receive the mercy of God. Because mercy is the mission of God and it really molds the wayward heart. If you are looking to find life and life to the full, if you feel empty and void and far away, you have, you, you have stiff-armed the mercy of God. And what would it look like right now for you just to start receiving that mercy how do you identify with that orphan in need of mercy? And maybe you would cry out, God, I need that mercy. God, I need that care. Jesus, all that you did and you promised, I need, I want to believe in and live into. I want to stop running away and rebelling from your will. Father God, we need your help in this. We are prone to run. We are prone to operate as orphans. And you, you extend mercy to us. And so help us, awaken us to your mercy and your love and your care. So take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you than your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers. <laughs>